Hello and welcome to episode 15 of The Brand Lounge, a place for unfiltered conversations on big topics for small businesses, inspiring brand stories, and practical advice for entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Tammy Heels, and I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant at my business, Shadowcat Creative. And today I'm going to be sharing with you three ways your brand can make marketing feel easy. If you're feeling overwhelmed or frustrated with your marketing, stay tuned because you may find that actually it's your brand that needs a little bit of love to bring your business back into alignment and feeling enjoyable and profitable. It's no secret that I am all about the brand and I truly believe that through a defined personal brand, you can make business decisions, marketing strategies and goals that fully connect with your audience and just make everything feel like a dream. And by feel like a dream, I mean allow you to build a business that you want to have in the way that you want. Now, I'm not saying by any means that it's a magic fix for everything, but what I am saying is that more often than not, if you're finding something, a consistent struggle, even if you're trying new things, then it may not be in the problem that you perceive, but actually in the foundations of your brand instead. And I should also clarify that when I say brand, I mean your core, the the center of your business and the foundations of your business because what your brand is, is exactly that. It's the foundations that your business is being built on and your marketing stems from that. So your brand is your your reasons and your values and your priorities and your methods. All of that when you're creating your business comes from where your brand stems from. Now, on the flip side to that, marketing is the way you communicate your brand. So if you're experiencing blockers with where, what, and how you talk about your business, it may be because it hasn't been defined enough at a base level. And any uncertainty or fogginess you have around your business will feel amplified um, and overwhelming because you're you're trying to explain it to someone else when you're not actually 100% clear yourself. Um, one of the great things that you can do and one of the great tasks that you can do is try to explain your business as you would to a five-year-old. And if it's simple enough and you're able to articulate it in clear terms that someone so young with quite a small view of the world because they haven't experienced anything that you have yet, if they can understand what it is that you do, then you're going to be on a winner with everyone else. I think one of the biggest challenges that we have as business owners is this um, this set of assumptions that we carry as adults and as humans. And because we're so ingrained in our business, it's all too easy to just assume that other people have made leaps in ideas or realizations that we haven't fully articulated. So I know that I've fallen prey to this before. I know that as a new business owner, there were a lot of terms and a lot of jobs that, and a lot of businesses that I didn't realize existed until I had my own business. So for example, um, I had never heard of a VA in the corporate world. Like that was never something that came to me. And at my first two networking events, I felt lost in the conversation because no one had taken the time to explain what this abbreviation meant. So I was having to kind of stumble my way through the rest of the conversation because I didn't understand what that like that key bit meant. And it was only when I actually asked someone and I was like, you know, what, what does a VA, 
what does VA mean? They're like, oh, it's a virtual assistant. It's like, oh, okay, so what does that mean? Like the assumption that A, I would know what that abbreviation meant, not just me, but anyone that was there, or B, that I would understand what a virtual assistant was without having any form of context or experience with that before, it made it quite a challenging environment. And if I hadn't have been brave enough at the time, because, you know, crippling social anxiety when you go into networking and starting out as a business owner, you don't want to look like you don't know something. But if I hadn't have asked then potentially I would have spent a long time trying to figure out or just dismiss it as something that wasn't for me because it wasn't comprehensible to me. It hadn't been explained to me. So just keep in mind that your brand feeds your marketing and your marketing needs to be a clear articulation of what your brand is. If you do want to learn more about the differences between the two, um, I highly recommend checking out the first episode of the Brand Lounge, which is Brand versus Marketing, where we had Siobhan Fox, who's actually joining us next next episode too. But Siobhan and I talked about the difference between brand and marketing and kind of how they fit within a business context. So definitely check that one out if you're still feeling a little bit lost. But today, today we are talking about how. How can your brand make marketing feel easier? So let's get cracking. There's only three points. There were going to be 10, but you'll soon see why there are only three. Um, Right. Kicking off with the first one, I'm sure it's of no surprise that we are starting with your why. Now, before you switch off, Like I know that talking about why and purpose is something that is talked about an awful lot in the business space, but the way that we're talking about it today is going to be how you define your why in order to make your marketing feel easy. So I'm hoping it's a slightly different take and maybe this can reframe it in a way that you hadn't considered before. So knowing why your business exists is a great, if not absolutely essential start to defining your brand. Now, there are two things that I often hear when it comes to defining your why. And since the brand lounge here is a place for unfiltered conversations, I'm going to air them and then we're going to dig a little deeper. Okay. So two of the whys or purposes that in my opinion, every business shares are one, to make money and two, to help people. Okay, so we're going to dig into those a little bit more because I feel like these can often be stumbling blocks. And if you're stumbling here at your purpose, no wonder you're finding your marketing frustrating because you're starting to build walls on a foundation that isn't properly set. So the first why, the first purpose, wanting to make money is absolutely acceptable and should be a factor in your business. But it's often shied away from And I state openly and publicly right now that it is okay to want to make money from your business. That's that's actually what makes it a business. You exchange goods and services for money. And you can make as much money as your heart desires. And you don't need to justify how much or how little that is to anyone. That's up to you. Whatever you want to earn within your business, whatever your financial goals are, that's perfectly fine. That's a perfectly acceptable, if not more than acceptable, reason for having your business. 
Now, money is not a dirty word and it's not something that shouldn't be openly discussed. And if you're feeling currently awkward about saying that you want your business to earn money, then please do take this as permission to ditch that belief. It held me back for so long. I found it so uncomfortable accepting the fact that I wanted my business purely to make me money, not purely, but it was a big contributing factor. Like my business was started for financial reasons because I wanted to, I wanted to save for a house deposit. It it was fundamentally for financial reasons. It was only later that I really went back and defined what it meant to me as a business to offer the services that I offer. So I'm sure that we're going to be covering money mindset in a future episode. And there are so many wonderful businesses that can help you reframe these financial beliefs because once you accept how money plays its part in its business, and once you finally feel that confidence around it, or even begin to feel that confidence around talking about your financials, you'll find that a lot of other sticking points when it comes to money within business become easier. Like I found that once I accepted my financial goals within my business, selling became easier because money no longer felt like something I couldn't talk about. Um, So there are some wonderful, wonderful people out there who can help with reframing financial beliefs. So the three that I'm just going to highly recommend now would be Chloe Slade from Vibe and Flow. Go and check her out on Instagram. Adina Kroll, absolutely brilliant when it comes to money mindset. She was on the podcast in the Halloween episode. She was also my business coach. And Taylor Eaton, who focuses on wealth, money, mindset, and human design. So Taylor's got a wonderful Facebook group. Adina is also Facebook group or Instagram. I'll pop all of the links in the comments. And Chloe is a mindset coach. She also runs Cone Accountancy and she has a money mindset focused membership that I am also a member of. So all three of those have really influenced the way that I approach money. So if that's something that's a bit of a blocking for you, go and check them out. Now, the second why that I want to talk about is to help people. Now, of course, of course you want to help people. And it's wonderful. It's a wonderful driving factor for many, if not most, if not all businesses to help people. And yes, it's a great purpose, but I would actually argue that it's not enough. Like it's not deep enough. It's not that it's not enough to want to help people, but why do you want to help people? Is it a reflection of a similar journey that you've taken in life? Or do you want to help them through using something that you've learned and experienced? Is it that you have a unique knowledge or approach that can benefit them in a new way? Or perhaps you offer a unique product that helps a specific need that is not often catered for. And why is that important to you? Simply saying that you want to help people, as noble as it is, is not defined enough to be useful in a business and marketing context. And I will show you why. Okay, so let's do some examples because you know I love a bit of context. So which of these examples would connect with you more as a potential customer? So example A, I want to help people. Or example B, I want to help service-based business owners who feel frustrated and overwhelmed with their marketing because I have been there and I know it held me back for years. I know that through working with me, they will get the results that they're looking for faster and avoid many of the mistakes that I made along the way. 
Now, when you hear those two, can you see the difference and see why it's so important to understand why you want to help people, not just that you want to help people? When it comes to defining your why and how that helps your marketing, I really hope that you can see that by accepting that earning money in whatever abundance you want and being clear on why you want to help people, not just that you want to help people in general, it can make it a lot easier when it comes to knowing how to talk about why you do what you do, which beautifully leads us on to uh, point number two, which is your brand values. Again, I'm sure that you've had a lot of talk about brand values before, but bear with me because I feel like this is a slightly different take on how to define them within your business. And again, we're looking at how this helps with marketing. So when it comes to your values, as I've already mentioned, marketing is communicating your brand to your audience. Now, I don't know about you, but as much as I have a lot to say, there have been times when I have found it hard to find my voice. And as business owners, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to always have something new and unique to say, which can be massively overwhelming. I know that I tell the same joke over and again to different and sometimes the same people in my social life. And I don't understand why we have this insatiable drive to burden ourselves with ever original content when it comes to our business. Like it, that's not the way that as human beings, we interact with each other. We tell the same stories. We share the same jokes. We, we talk about our experiences all the time, maybe a different way or in a different context, but it's, it's repeating what we have done in our lives in a way that reflects the situation that it comes up in. So it's not just about saying it once and that's it. It will never be said again. Like we, we need to have this reiteration and within marketing, you know, it takes minimum of seven occasions of seven interactions with your brand or business or a message or something for your brain to actually recognize it. I mean, building habits can take, well, look, I know that there's like 21 days, 30 days, whatever, but building habits takes time. Having realizations takes time understanding something takes time. You know, we learn this as children and then seem to forget when we're older and expect ourselves to just see or say something once. And that's the end of it. When actually we need to reiterate and we need to use it within different contexts to build that story. So it's always moving and it doesn't make sense to constantly putting yourself under pressure to make original content all the time. And it makes marketing feel like a never-ending stream when actually I like to think of it as more of a jacuzzi. So it's always moving, but you can use that pool of messaging again and again in different ways. Jacuzzi. Good analogy? Not so good? Not sure. I feel like, yeah, mid-range. Mid-range analogy on that one. But when it comes to marketing, which is what we're talking about today, um, your brand values, which again, we are talking about today, your brand values can help you find that marketing message and repeat it without being repetitive. Okay. So I've talked about, I talked about this with your why, but one of the stumbling blocks I find for business owners is that they're too vague. So again, with the, um, I want to help people, 
it's it's too vague and the same goes with values as well when you're too vague with your values again of course it's going to make your marketing feel harder like generic terms like honest creative and modern as your like as example values of ones that i hear quite frequently there's nothing essentially wrong with them but they do lack inspiration and some of those i kind of expect of businesses Like most businesses have to be creative in some way. You're responsible for literally every part of your business for the most part, especially when you're starting out. And every business should be honest. Like that shouldn't be a value. That shouldn't be something that you're holding up as a core principle of your business because that should just be a given. So how are these helping you to communicate your purpose and your why? And in short, they're not. Your values are the core principles and they are what you are passionate about. They influence your business. And if all you have is honest and creative or another one word, of course, you're going to find it hard to know what to say. It's too broad and it's not helping you and it could apply to any business. So when you're thinking about your brand values, Consider them not simply as words you choose to sound like something your customer wants to hear, but principles and beliefs that shape the way that you do business. Like your value should actually influence everything from your policies to your customer experience and to your marketing content. They don't have to be a single word as well. That's another thing that I see time and again is people saying my values are X, Y, Z. It doesn't have to be a word. It can be a statement. If you feel that you're being limited by your values because it's constricted to one word, consider writing a statement instead. So let's use the example of the value of creative because that's one that comes up For many businesses, I mean, creative industries like designers and copywriters, I expect you to have a certain amount of creativity. That's kind of your jam. But when it comes to other businesses, I feel like they use the term creative to say something more than the word allows. So if we have the value of the word creative, instead, maybe what you actually are trying to say is that you're innovative And that you're always seeking out new solutions and methods to improve your clients' lives. And you're pushing the boundaries to be uncommon and industry leading. Like you're breaking the mold. That's what you're trying to articulate by this one word in creative. But how much better does that sound? Like pushing the boundaries to be uncommon and industry leading. Like how many more ideas can flow from that as a value instead of just saying you're creative. And by defining your values in a way that is unique to your business, it really does open up the way that you can talk about your purpose. Like you're opening yourself up to a constant flow of inspiration and options and options of how to communicate your message in a variety of ways, which is what marketing is. It's communicating your core message in multiple ways that your customer connects with. So now that we've defined our values and it's in a way that supports our business, this will help us to naturally stand out from others. But how do we use those to influence our marketing in practical terms? And how does that make it easier? Well, one way of doing this would be to take those values to create content themes for our marketing and messaging. 
Now, sometimes these are called content buckets or content pillars. You can call them whatever you like. But essentially, it's a way of organizing the ideas that you want to talk about within your business. So how are you articulating your brand purpose through a selection of key messages? So if you take each of those values that you have, this is a task that you can do now. So take each of your values and then what you need to do or what you can do, you know, it's up to you. You do you. But what you can do is take each of those values and write down as many different ways that you can talk about that value as you can think of. So this is all for a nice, big, juicy content session. And this could be sitting down for an hour with a notepad, or this could be having a notepad next to the kettle. So when you go and get a cup of tea, if inspiration strikes, which happens to me quite frequently when I have no pen to hand, you're not caught without a way of noting down that idea. But what you need to do is find multiple ways to talk about that one message. Now, I'm sure you'll be able to talk about each and every one of these ideas as well in two to three different ways. So you take that value, so say innovation, pushing boundaries and being industry leading, that whole jam is one value. So how many different ways can you think of articulating that? You could talk about experiences in your life where you've been met with innovation that's made your life easier. You could talk and share a story about how you've innovated a client's life. You could talk about the people that inspire you in the innovation space. You could talk about a time that pushing boundaries meant that you went outside your comfort zone and grew more than you were expected. Like there are so many different ways that you can talk around that that feel and that statement. And then each of those ideas that you've taken down, I'm sure that you would be able to find two or three different ways to talk about that one idea, two different ways to tell that story, two different quotes that are from the same um, inspiration place, like two or three different ways for each of those points that you've made for that one value. So already we've got a bunch of different things that we can talk about and different ways that we can talk. And then for each of those, I'm sure you can find two or three different photos or graphics in addition to those two or three different ways that we were talking about. So the two or three different ways that you can articulate your different points from your value. It's like a big old spider diagram. So then you've got even more ways to elaborate and talk about your values. So from one idea, you could have six or seven different content pieces. And that's only one idea from one value. So if you had three different ideas from one value and six different content ideas for each of those three, you know, this is a way that you can start building out your social media posts or your stories or trainings or videos or blog posts. And from there, you can take bits of each of these and again, repurpose them. So that's how you can use just a handful of values, say three to five values are ideal but you can create such a wealth of information. And don't worry about repeating that core message because it is literally what you've set your business out to do. It's a core principle of your business. It is okay to talk about it more than once. So if you say, for example, you're a business focused on sustainability environment and you only mention it once, and I know I'm being extreme here, 
but there are a hundred ways that you can talk about, demonstrate and share personal stories or quotes that connect with that value. And each of these will then connect with your audience because you are looking for an audience that, guess what, shares your values. So all of this helps you build up content in a practical and aligned way that supports not only your values and using those values from your business to fuel your content, but it also supports your core purpose as a business. Now, for point three, I actually found it quite difficult to decide on something because there are so many different ways that defining your brand can make an impact on your marketing, like your visual identity, your tone of voice, your processes, your customer journey. But as we're talking about marketing itself, and as I know that frustration and overwhelm are two of the key things that cause marketing to feel hard, I thought we'd finish up this episode by talking about the marketing platforms themselves. Now, by taking control and actively deciding which platforms align with your brand, it really does give you room to focus on creating content in a way and in a place that you enjoy showing up. Because when you enjoy doing something, it feels easy. Like I love showing up for this podcast every week because I really enjoy the process. I love my guests. I love recording. I love creating the show notes. Like it's all so much fun. I look forward to it. And there's this preconceived nonsense that you have to be present and engaged on every single channel. And it's absolutely insane. I mean, no wonder that as a business owner, you're feeling overwhelmed because of course you do. You're an expert at what you do and that's why you do it. But setting that expectation of being everywhere and being everything, but setting that expectation that not only will you show up on every platform, but also in a variety of different ways, from video to audio to lives to posts to stories and be able to incorporate the latest feature that rolls out of nowhere where everyone in the world is pointing at things. just It's a lot. On top of all of that, you then need to maintain your day-to-day. You need to do your client work because, you know, spoilers, your clients will bring in the money. And you need to show up with good energy and add value, add value. It's just, it's no, no wonder, no wonder as business owners, we're feeling overwhelmed. Like if the rhetoric is you have to do everything and be an expert everywhere, when are you going to get the time to do the bits that you actually need to do? And then anything that feels that hard and is that demanding is, is going to take that energy away from you. And showing up when you're feeling lackluster is never going to be any good for anyone. It's not going to be good for you. It's not going to be good for your audience. There are better ways. And this is what we're doing. So how do you align your marketing channels with your brand without overwhelm? And that's the key bit. This has to be done without overwhelm because otherwise... All of the work that you've done to create your content, all of the work that you've done to create your purpose, if you're feeling that overwhelmed by being able to tell people what you do, it's just, it's not going to encourage you to keep showing up for the business that you love. And that is just not on my watch, guys, not on my watch. So choosing channels that suit you. And yes, dear listener, you can choose to show up where you want to. Because the thing about your brand is that it's your brand. 
more often than not, as solo business owners, we are our brands. We are personal brands. So in this instance, your world can literally revolve around your preferences. And why is that a good thing for your business? Because the more you enjoy the marketing you're doing, the more likely you are to show up consistently and full of the energy and your audience will feel that. And spoilers, again, if you keep showing up on Facebook because you think your audience is there, but you find it draining, your content is going to reflect that and you'll feel like shit and maybe give up or at least be inconsistent. And who's that helping? Like you, you literally putting time and effort into something that you don't want to do. You don't enjoy being there and your audience are not going to respond in the same way as you showing up full of beans. Because when your audience knows that you're feeling happier and when you feel good about the marketing that you're making, your marketing is going to feel easier. You'll get the time back because it's something you actively enjoy doing. So you're not procrastinating over it. Like the benefits are huge. Yes, there is a certain amount to be said for showing up where your audience is. But I still hold the belief that if you're showing up with good content that connects with your audience that you enjoy doing, your audience are going to find you. Like they will find you. And have you noticed the common words in this episode? Like, it's all about you. Your brand is driven by the purpose you have chosen for an impact that you want to have on the lives of your clients. Like, you have chosen the values that are the core beliefs in your world that support the fundamental reason that your business exists, which is to connect with others who share your passion. So it only makes sense that you choose the channels that help you to communicate all of that to your audience you know, play to your strengths. And when you've consistently nailed one or two platforms, maybe dabbled in a few others, then that's the time to add another string to your marketing strategy. Now, there is no right answer when it comes to how many places you should be present. But if overwhelm is a factor, taking the pressure off yourself to focus on two that you love showing up in And giving yourself permission to not worry about the others will give you that breathing room and make your marketing feel easier. When it comes to choosing the specific channels, and I do recommend, like this is a Tammy's top tip, I do have a recommendation. And again, you can take or leave what you want from this episode as always. I do recommend for all of my clients that you have both a social platform but also an owned platform. So an owned platform would be something like an email list or a blog or a podcast, something like that. Now, this is more about protecting your business because I am sure we've all heard the horror stories of social media accounts being closed down overnight, seemingly without reason. And having something else means that you'll never truly lose your audience. So you know by now, dear listener, that I love a bit of practical advice. So if you are unsure still on which channels specifically are right for you, I do have four questions that you can ask yourself that may help you decide. So we're going to run through those, going to run through an example because you know I like my context, and hopefully this will really help you start to think about where you enjoy showing up or how you can show up in a way that aligns with your personal values, aligns with the way that you enjoy creating and can just make the whole process easier. 
So here are the four questions that I want you to ask yourself when it comes to your marketing channels. Firstly, what content do I enjoy making? Secondly, where can I do that? Thirdly, what is manageable and realistic for me? And the last one is, what is the first step I can take towards making that a reality? Okay, so four nice and easy questions that may not make a lot of sense in how that directly helps you find a channel, but I have an example. Isn't that exciting? So my example, I'm actually going to use how I approach my content because I feel like, you know, I'm more qualified to talk about how I choose my channels in my business. So as an example, what content do I enjoy making? Well, I am sure you are shocked to hear that I love talking about branding. I love talking about what I do. So audio, video, and long form writing are my absolute faves. Like I like to use a lot of words. So the second question, where can I do that? Well, that's the reason this podcast was born. Um, I also have my blog and for social, I really like the visual nature of Instagram and I quite like the fact that you can have longer captions, but I also love having stories because you can fit a lot of words onto stories too. So what is manageable for me? Now, this question will change depending on what stage of your business you're at, what season in your business and all the rest of it. But, and that holds true for me as well, because at the moment, due to some shuffling around at Shadowcat HQ, um, I have found that I have easily managed to be able to incorporate two episodes of this podcast a week because of the processes that I've set up, which are part of my brand. Um, the blog was and will be again once a week. And Instagram stories is often daily snippets. So I'm a little bit more flexible with that one. Um, the podcast is always two episodes a week and the blog will be once a week. Now, I also have an email that I send out weekly as well. So that's kind of the level of content that I feel confident and happy that fits within my world. I also have the Brand Lounge community, which is the Facebook group that supports both this podcast and, you know, members of my audience who are looking for a little bit more conversation to continue these kind of conversations. So I do have a range of marketing channels, but I started out with just one. It's only been in the last year that I've added in the email and the podcast and the blog. The blog launched in February. The email launched in June, I believe, maybe July, and the podcast launched in September. So I have made sure that at each stage, it is something that I'm able to commit to. And when it comes to answering the last question, which was, what is the first step for me? Well, the first step for me is always an idea session. So always to make sure that I have a bank of subjects and topics that I want to talk about and that I can talk about in an engaging and helpful way because there's no sense for me personally having a weekly email and a twice weekly podcast and a weekly blog if I do not feel like I have enough topics that I'm happy to cover and talk about that fits within my overall business strategy. Okay. So I'm not saying that you need to leap in and do all of this. I'm literally saying the opposite. I have added marketing channels as and when they have served a purpose to help my business grow. 
not doing it all at once. And I recommend that you do the same. Find one or two that you're happy with, a social channel and a non-social channel, ideally. But again, completely up to you. And again, all of this isn't to say that you can't show up in other places. Like I still comment and share on LinkedIn occasionally. I still occasionally post on my Facebook page. I still engage and interact in other Facebook groups, like actively. It's just where you're focusing your marketing comms from your business rather than uh, engaging for the sake of networking, let's say. So I really hope that that's been a helpful insight. And by all means, come along and follow me over on my Instagram, which is at shadowcatcreative. And I share, or I will be sharing more tips around how you can share content in a way that suits you. And you can also see how my strategy kind of manifests. So I'm going to wrap it up there. Like I said at the beginning, this is originally going to be like 10 ways your brand can help your marketing, but I think three is quite enough for now. Like, like I said, I like my words. Um, but there are so many more aspects to your brand that can help with your marketing and they can make both your marketing and your business on the whole feel a lot more enjoyable and more profitable. Because when you're enjoying what you do, you show up in a different way and that helps you bring in the money by attracting the right people. But I hope that this really gives you a taster of where to start along with some practical actions that you can take now to hopefully start moving your business forward. And if you are interested in having any more conversations around this, I would really love to know which of these points you found the most helpful. So if you head on over to the Brand Lounge community on Facebook, we can continue the conversation there. Or again, I'm on the Brand Lounge Club at Instagram. So come on over, have a chat, let us know which ones you found most helpful. All the links will be left in the bio. So that's all for today, but join me back here on Thursday when I am once again joined by the fantastic Siobhan Fox. And we'll be talking about what you call yourself within your business. And we'll both be sharing what we found did and didn't work for us along the way. Now hit subscribe to never miss an episode. And if you're finding these helpful, please do leave a review. And until then, I will see you in the Brand Lounge.